Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for another episode of BYOB Audio. Last time I had the privilege of speaking with a very dear friend, Beatrice Gonzalez. She's the owner of Fresco, where she offers all natural and organic nutrition that's not only good for the body, but it's great for the soul. Definitely worth a listen to see how she had to adapt and get creative to get where she is today. Our guest of honor today is Nessa Villalobos. Nessa has a master's degree in clinical psychology and is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas. She has experience in community mental health, school crisis counseling, foster care, and private practice. Nessa primarily works with trauma and autism and often works with Spanish-speaking populations. She's been involved with mental health for over seven years. Nessa, welcome to the show. Go ahead and take a moment and tell our listeners a little bit more about you and what you do. Um, Well, thank you for having me. I've worked with trauma for, it feels like a long time now, um, and autism as well. And I'm really excited to share some of my passions with you guys. Um, It's mainly the passion versus like the actual content that I'm really um, pleased to relate to you guys. So... Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Well, um, as all of our uh, BYOB listeners know, we always start off with a shot of wisdom. Um, So uh, what do you have for us today? Um, Self-care is really, really, really important, guys, (laughs) in any field, um, particularly in ours. But but I think anything that you work in, especially helping others, um, any kind of self-care is something that is necessary to keep up with to prevent burnout. and so that's really, <laughs> I really, really wanted to make a point to say that today. Yes. No, I think that's a great point. Now, um, we do hear that from people who are in nutrition, people who are involved with like personal training, and then also us, mm-hmm. you know, when we're talking about physical health, like massages and all that, right? So mm-hmm. what can you say a little bit more about the importance of maintaining good mental health? It's really important to keep a balance because you can't give out what you don't have. And so if you feel like imbalanced or dysregulated, it's really difficult to perform any job. So keeping up with your mental health and asking for help when it's necessary is really, really important. Awesome. And I think that's a big one because I know personally speaking, I have a lot of trouble asking for help, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which I'm sure you ran into. Yeah, right, right. Okay. But he's like, it's okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, now that we've taken our shot, we can kind of get into your story. Um, So take us to a moment in time where you would consider was your biggest struggle. Um, (laughs) This is a, this is a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So in terms of just everything, being like vulnerable and struggling with perfection is really a big struggle for me. And so what that looks like sometimes is like, say, Um, When I started my practice, it was a lot of kind of looking at what everybody else was doing and kind of trying to fit in versus, you know, finding a place to belong. Um, It's more like looking at other people and being like, I have to be this way or I have to fit in this mold. When in reality, it's way better and it really speaks to your strength when you are vulnerable, especially in my line of work. Um, We have to connect with others. And so what that looks like is I sit with them in their pain or their difficulties or or whatever's going on, even just stress, like they're very stressed out. And it's really, really important for me to really hold the space um, effectively with my own vulnerability as well. Um, 
So in the past, it might look like everything has to be lined up a certain way. Um, but now it's more like, hey, I, it's okay to have these differences and to be unique and to be okay with that. So Yeah, no, I, I think that's extremely important, you know, especially, you know, there are always going to be other, you know, providers that do what you do. I think mm-hmm. the most important element is you being you. Yeah. Yes, being genuine is super important. Yeah, and and I think that does that helps you, right? Also, just being able to be yourself rather than trying to be some like somebody else. Yes, it is extremely stressful to try and be like somebody you really look up to or something like that. Like it's 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 really just a waste of time. Um, and then you you kind of come to learn that it's perfectly okay to be yourself. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So since we're already talking about that. Go ahead and take us to a moment when you realized what your passion was or, you know, how you developed this passion for mental health. Well, (laughs) this kind of found me. um, (laughs) It's kind of like life throws these hints at you and they hit you in the head and then you're like, oh, maybe I should look that way (laughs) and see (laughs) see what I want to do next. So I really had originally intended to only be a researcher. Um, I wanted to continue and get a PhD and do solely research um, because I enjoy numbers and all of that jazz. There was a point before I graduated where it was mandatory that we had to do a practical time. And so that means we have to see clients face to face. And I was like, okay, this is not going to be my forte. I'm just going to get it over with and I will graduate and be done. And I'll have this skill set, right? But that's kind of a bonus. But I started seeing people and I really felt this sense of connection that was really, it makes you feel like a little bit alive. Like you're like, oh yeah, like I'm really excited to do this and I'm really excited to help people heal. And then I kept getting these really difficult cases um, as a novice and I was like, "I, I want to learn more. And then I kept going that direction and people kept sending me these certain populations like kids with autism and, and people with trauma. And that's just kind of how I ended up here. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, any reason specifically why you ended up choosing that um, niche? It was just, it found me. Yeah. Um, I really connected with my kids with autism and adults too. Um, I see anybody from age three all the way to late adulthood. Um, and trauma as well. Um, like there was just this sense of, we can do this and we can do this together and we can move towards healing. That was really empowering as a therapist. Um, but you can tell when the client also feels that way. And so it's a really like beautiful coalition of your lives. So I really enjoy it. Yes, that is awesome. I think this is a question that gets asked all the time. What's the difference between like a counselor and a psychiatrist? So generally there are three. So it's a psychiatrist, a psychologist, and a therapist or counselor. And so a psychiatrist generally prescribes medications as needed and they follow up with you to see how those are working for you. And so they determine whether the dose needs to be higher or lower or stay the same or even whether you need medications at all. Um, A psychologist does a test battery and so they generally do like IQ tests, they they can do personality tests, all of those things, Um, but say somebody needs to be, or we're showing symptoms of autism and they need a diagnosis to access services, they would go to a psychologist 
and um, they would determine whether they meet all of the criteria for that diagnosis and then they're able to get services. A therapist can be kind of confusing because lots of people are called therapists, so massage therapists, uh, occupational therapists, speech therapists, all of them. Um, but what we do is we work on therapy, so we work on using all of these modalities to help our client move towards their goals, whatever those are. A therapist can be a counselor like me, they could be a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I think they can also be a clinical social worker. So there's even an umbrella for us in the therapist term. What is something that's got you most intoxicated about today. Right now, you know, we're all going through a pretty tough time, you know, things are being closed down and all, all those types of things. And I think it's extremely important to focus on some positive thoughts and, you know, so and still be excited about something about the future. So yeah, what, what's got you excited? What's got you most intoxicated about today? <laughs> I'm actually quite excited to have some time to focus on myself. Um, <laughs> I sometimes do overschedule myself, which is something that I constantly have to work on. Um, and so having some time to like do art or like take a walk, etc. I think I'm really excited about that. Oh, yeah, that is awesome. I think, uh, you know, especially, you know, kind of catering back to the wisdom that you shared earlier, you know, is the self-care part. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I always yeah, say, right. yeah, I know. <laughs> I always say we're the worst at taking our own advice, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. It's time for our sips of success. So these are our quick questions. Um, so who's yeah. your biggest hero? Hands down, Dr. Stephen Porges, because I'm like a total academic nerd for him. Um, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> he talks about the nervous system and self-regulation and all of that stuff. And so I get really excited about that. So oh. he's my hero. Very cool. Mm -hmm. What would you say is your favorite way to de-stress? Some of the ways that I deal with stress include obviously like diet and exercise. I mean, those aren't always perfect because we live a busy lifestyle, um, but those are those are pretty important. Um, I like to get out and go outside when it's a nice day, um, just to take a walk or walk my dog or take a nice run because it's really calming for me. But for some people, that, that wouldn't work out so well. They're not runners or, or walkers even. Um, doing some yoga stretches in the morning or in the evening really help to be able to de-stress because they encourage those like deep diaphragmatic breaths, you know, instead of those chest breaths that really panic us. And so doing some of those things in terms of staying active, is, those are really helpful. I also enjoy doing art and drawing um, and painting sometimes because it's really soothing and calming. You know, you listen to some music that you enjoy and is sort of helping you stay calm and really stay attuned to what you're doing. So I'm going to go ahead and take this a little deeper for our listeners since your specialty is dealing with mental stress and trauma. What are some other ways that you cope with stress? Just to give our listeners some more ideas. Scheduling friend time is also something that's big on my list because I am an introvert. <laughs> and so a lot of time will pass and I'll be like, hmm, I haven't seen <laughs> I haven't seen anybody that I know for a long time. <laughs> Scheduling that intermittently, like weekly or bi-weekly, is something that really helps me um, stay de-stressed because you sit down, you catch up your friend on everything that's been going on and you just feel that sense of connectedness that's 
something that helps calm you and ground you and kind of gives you that little push to go back into work or back into the world or whatever you're going to do next. I really enjoy that. I think it's important to maintain healthy stress levels. And, you know, I do have some experience as a massage therapist in dealing with people kind of venting maybe, but honestly, I can't imagine what it would feel like to deal with multiple tough cases back to back. How do you deal with that yourself? So I am a trauma therapist and so I work a lot with people who have experienced trauma and obviously tell me their story directly or indirectly in children's cases. But a lot of it is being able to reach out to people when it gets a little bit too hard. Like, hey, I'm having a rough day. Um, can we talk about it? Not specifically about people's cases, obviously, <laughs> that's not ethical, but just reaching out and being with another person sometimes is really helpful. And obviously, we have sort of a checks and balances where if we see a colleague and they're really struggling, it's like, hey, maybe it's time to think about attending therapy as a client. And that's something that is really ingrained in us from our training programs that some some actually require you to go see a therapist to see what it's like um, but not all of them but we have to be able to ask for help as well when the need arises for us and so it's not uncommon for us to also call a therapist and sit down and be a client and remember that process and what it's like from the client's perspective all over again and it really helps us be better therapists as well. A lot of it is really hunkering down on taking care of yourself because we as clinicians can experience secondary trauma or vicarious trauma from listening to people's stories, believe it or not. Um, but we're not the only profession. Nurses, doctors, um, firefighters, uh, emergency, like the uh, paramedics, they can all be traumatized from experiencing some of the things that they have to go through. And so when it's time to ask for help, it's really important that you do. I also try to stay centered because there's absolutely no way that I can hold the space for a client and listen to their story and, and be self-regulated if I'm not putting effort into doing so, <laughs> into being centered and being calm. Part of my job is even though these horrific things are being talked about or, or whatever, like even if it's just something like stress at work or something like that, not to minimize that, that can be a really high stress environment, but it's my job to stay calm for a whole hour. It's my job to create sort of a, if you're a nerd, this is awesome for you, but <laughs> um, create sort of a force field around my client in a safe space um, and it's my job to keep that up because when you've been through hard things you get maybe spooked easily or you know even the slightest noise or, or anything sensory could be triggering for you so it's really important to keep the space quiet and neutral and to create the space myself by being calm and um, centered and engaged with the client. Okay, so what was the best advice given to you that helped you through a tough time? So this goes, I've already said it actually, and it, it's been several people that have told me this, whether it's like professors or people in my life, etc. 
Um, but it's, you can't give what you don't have. And so <clears throat> at some of the most difficult times in your life, you kind of reassess, like, you know, I might need to ask for help or I might just for my friend, like I might call up my friend and be like, you know, I'm having a really hard time. Like, can we talk about it? So you need to refill and have that reservoir ready to be able to give to others. And that's so important. Nice. I think that's amazing advice. Go ahead and share one of your personal habits that help you be your best self. I really try to take time to really check in with how my body's doing. So that can come in terms of like mindfulness, uh, meditation. Um, some people have a hard time with meditation, that's fine, but taking like a mindful walk or something like that. Um, also participating in what is called joyful movements really important. So this exercise where you can move your body and you feel joyful about it versus it being like punishing exercise. Um, those things are really important to feel centered. Very cool. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. So how do you define happiness and success? We seem to think sometimes that happiness is like we arrive there and then we stay there. <laughs> um, <laughs> But just like any emotion or any uh, goal, it's kind of fleeting. And so it's really important to keep continuing to move towards happiness in particular. And success, um, it can really look like anything. So for some people, just getting out of bed and getting ready for the day is already a success. Uh, for me, I think just living every day with purpose is something that I think makes me feel successful and happy as well. So you're basically saying, you know, really focusing on like the journey aspect, not necessarily the, de the destination since it's free. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There, there are little successes every day. And so that's really wonderful to look at it that way. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely how I see it as well. So we're actually approaching last call. Do you have any parting piece of guidance that you'd like to share with our audience today? Definitely for all of you guys helping out there, I don't know you, but I really, really appreciate you. So for everything that you do, I'm really um, glad I get to share this world with you guys. And that's it. Yeah, oh, that's super sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you know, if somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to reach out and um, you know ask for help, or or you know they just want to maybe have a maybe they have a question. Um, what is the best way for them to connect with you? actually just finding my psychology today profile and then calling and leaving a message um we have this kind of directory out of psychology today so you can look for a therapist in your area wherever that is so say midland or odessa or whatever texas um and you can find people who are therapists different kind of therapists as well with different specialties and then they have their own like profile where they have a little blurb about themselves so nice it's really helpful mm -hmm. okay so psychology today yes okay definitely very mm -hmm. cool nessa that pretty much concludes our show you provided some great insight especially to the mental health side you know i think there's you know like a stigma if you will of you know reaching out for help whenever you have your thoughts that are messing with you right um, i'm sure you see that all the time yes um, what would you say yeah. to somebody who's maybe having trouble, like they, they feel like they're not supposed to be asking for help, you know, mentally? You know, what would you say to them? Try to get them to come in. We all have really difficult times in life. And I know it can be really scary to make that first phone call and leave a message or, or talk to a therapist for the first time. But a lot of us are not really what you would think that we are. 
Um, I have a giant arm sleeve, <laughs> like I have a giant tattoo. Um, on my right arm, I'm a young therapist and I have plenty of experience. And my office really is a lot about laughter and healing. And so it's not all of maybe what you're thinking, all of your fears of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get this kind of person and they're going to judge me and all that stuff. That's not what we're here for. We're here to move towards whatever your goals are. I mean, that makes me want to go in and schedule a session, honestly. Yeah, no, I know, I know. No, that's awesome. I think that's a great note to end on. Um, Nessa, I think you did amazing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your time and doing this podcast with me. Of course. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of BYOB Audio. We hope you found something valuable from the story shared today. Make sure you subscribe and share with someone who may need to hear something from this podcast. We'll see you next time, but here's to you and your journey to a happier and more fulfilling life. Cheers.